0: Welcome to the Mutuality Matters podcast from Christians for Biblical Equality. Alongside my friend and ministry colleague, Lila Van Gerpen, I am Rob Dixon. Can women and men work alongside one another in healthy ministry partnerships? Our answer is a heck yes. And on this podcast, we interview practitioners exploring stories about what flourishing mixed gender ministry partnerships look like in the field. Well, Lila, as we enter into the episode, what are you reading these days?
1: Yeah. Um, okay. I have two things I'm reading. One is actually your book together in ministry. And, um, it's, if you love this podcast, actually I highly recommend it, but I'm not going to have that be my answer because, uh, Thank you. Yeah. feels too close to home. Okay. This is a book that I just bought. Um, and to be honest, I just cracked it open. So it's not, I'm, I'm, I haven't started reading it as much as I'm like, embracing it. I'm preparing to read it so yeah. but it's Atlas of the Heart by Brene Brown so this is a book that she's written it's almost like a I think uh yeah like a glossary of emotions I like mm-hmm. your phrasing on that mm-hmm. um it's a yeah it's a collection of I actually don't I haven't read it yet so I don't know <laughs> what it's about. but I love Brene Brown's work yeah. and I'm yeah. really excited to get into it
0: yeah I think I saw something, yeah I think I saw something about that book I was gonna say and it it, it I think it could be helpful for pinpointing or helping identify what I'm feeling. Right. Or, or
1: yeah, the,
0: I don't know. We'll see.
1: Yeah. She kind of, she unpacks, I, I think over 70 different types of emotions yeah. and gives them in context for, you know. Wow.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm teaching a class right now on leadership uh, for undergrads at Fresno Pacific university and shout out to FPU. And I am um, part of the syllabus. I'm, I'm, trying to stay one section ahead of the students. So we read um, a book by uh, Ruth Haley Barton called Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership, oh, yeah. which everyone should read. And now we're reading Strength-Based Leadership. Um, but I'm right now, I'm reading a book by Henry Nowen. It's a short but wonderful book called In the Name of Jesus, where he identifies three temptations that leaders face. And um, listeners, it's worth picking up a copy of In the Name of Jesus by Henry Nowen. Good take a look at that. Well, awesome. Let's get into the episode. This week, our guest is Eddie Akmekshi. Eddie has two roles, at least two roles. One, he's a regional ministry director for InterVarsity Christian Fellowship in the greater Los Angeles region. And then also he's a part-time pastor in a local church, and he'll tell us more about that as well. Eddie, welcome to the podcast.
1: Welcome, Eddie.
0: Good to be here. Thanks for having me.
1: Good to have you here.
0: Yeah, we should probably say to the listeners that uh, we're the three of us are friends. We've worked together for a number of years, and so it's a joy to to be together in this this format as well. So, Eddie, again, great to have you.
1: I don't know if we'll include this, but also fun to note that you're our second Middle Eastern guest. So that makes me really that's happy too. That's great. <laughs> yeah, we we interviewed someone who was Egyptian American. Uh, Two podcasts.
0: It'll be two podcasts in a row with Middle East. I
1: think it'll be two in a row. Yeah. Very exciting. Um, Well, we love to start with a little icebreaker question to kind of get to know you a little better. And it is this, what is a mixed gender partnership that you appreciate from literature, movies, et cetera. And why do you appreciate it?
2: Yeah. It's a fun question to interact with. Again, thanks for having me. Um, I, uh, you know, what came to mind is The Matrix, Neo and Trinity. Oh, and, right. um, you know, Matrix came out in 1999. I mean, it's over 20 years old now, right? Um, and, uh, uh, and I don't know about the other two movies, but really the original Matrix of seeing the way that, uh, I mean, Trinity can hold her own. And uh, and she recruits Neo to come and partner with her to save the world from the robots. And uh, it's fun. And yeah. Awesome.
0: Awesome.
1: I like that one, and it just rebooted. So that's it's like twenty years old, and you know, new again. So right.
2: and, and, there's, and she's still involved, right? She's still that's right. Uh, they're still involved right. together. So that's yeah, a good one. That's a fun partnership to see.
1: Yeah, that's good. I like
0: that one. Yeah. Well, Eddie. So as you know, this podcast explores the dynamics of women and men partnering together in ministry. I'm wondering how talk about how you hold this value in your life and ministry. Maybe what words would you use to describe this value and how you hold it?
2: Yeah, um, I, I I find it an important um, part of doing ministry is to recognize that uh, the diversity of voices, uh, particularly around gender, that men and women partnering together, uh, it's not just that we give a different perspective on a particular issue is that we actually just allow the full body to be together in leading together, um, in moving forward. Um, I, I sometimes joke, I would love to do a men's retreat around Proverbs 31 or the book of Ruth or Esther. You know, uh, so many sermons are on these men in scripture and women are sort of figuring out how to. what does that look like? How fun would it be to do these men's retreats to say if all of scripture is uh, beneficial, then uh, Proverbs 31 would be included in that. Um, and to do it not just so that you go home and you sort of figure out what it looks like, uh, to be married, but really like how could Proverbs 31 woman, you know, the woman there be actually uh, a teaching point for men. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, so I, I think the, the, the dynamics of women and men working together, I think it was intended that way. When I look at scripture from the very beginning of, um, of, of God creating the feminine and the masculine, um, and him embodying that and, reflecting that in, in, in us. And, um, and they were tasked, the first humans were tasked with a ministry to, you know, populate the earth and, um and over oversee it and be stewards of that. And I think that continues to this day that it's, it's meant to be done together.
0: Mm, that's great. Eddie, when you do that men's retreat, you make sure you invite us. And all the listeners will come. That sounds awesome.
2: (laughs) That would be fun. I just, I I would love to do that. If I ever do a men's retreat, that's what I want to teach on. That's
0: great.
1: Yeah. Well, I love too, your acknowledgement that that kind of displacement and kind of having to contextualize what you're hearing to make it fit your, you know, experience or identity is like something that often happens. And so you're kind of saying like, we're going to choose into that kind of displacement too. You know, I appreciate that. Um, thanks for sharing a little bit of kind of this, this value that you hold. I'd love to hear, like, tell us how you got there. So what does your personal journey look like with regard to this value? And how did you get to this point where it's this key value you hold in your own ministries?
2: Yeah. So I think part of it is I grew up in a, in a church context that didn't quite differentiate who, who like in, in terms of certain gifts are only for men or for women, um, I grew up with, with pastors preaching both men and women, my uh, youth pastors that were both men and women. And so by the time I came to college and began to take my faith seriously, it was sort of a non, it was not an issue to recognize that there are parts of the church that are still discussing and debating whether that is a, is the case. Like it was, it was foreign to me. Um, so I, I credit that a lot to the, to my, upbringing in terms of from the church's perspective of making that pretty and normalized part of of mm-hmm. what it means for me to be discipled uh, by men and women um, along the way i it, interestingly enough i think where i was challenged is in college is when somebody asked the question it's like well why why is does, isn't a varsity allowing this woman to teach or whatever it was that the question was asked Um, I didn't even think that was an issue until somebody actually asked that issue. So I sort of come in it from it, from that perspective. Um, and, um, and so, you know, I think, I think it was, I don't know, sometime around my junior year of, of wrestling with those passages and what they mean, um, and recognizing, you know, um, uh, coming to a, to a perspective that, that the gifts were intended for both men and women to share together. Um, and then along the way, I've just been grateful. I've had uh women uh, mentor me and disciple me along the way. I've had women supervise me, um being on teams with uh men and women together. Um so I feel like my whole journey has been has been that way. And it's always been uh a normalized part. I, I don't think I've ever sort of thought of it as like um I need to I need to suspend certain things or I need to like believe certain things. It's just, right. just felt the right, the right ways where the gifts, the way that the gifts have expressed themselves. Um, along, And I'm very grateful. I, I am who I am today because of someone, um, Jen Ball, who was my supervisor for eight years and the way she walked with me in growing in my leadership and my uh, ministry and my just even personal life. Uh, or Tracy G or Janice McWilliams. Um, and I even supervised folks that really actually discipled me along the way, like a Erna Hackett. Uh, so I feel like a lot of, like God has just brought certain people in my life that um, that have helped me grow in terms of who I am today and helped shape me. And um, and I really appreciate that. And I hope that continues to be true for, um, you know, for, for more people.
0: Yeah. That's great eddie i i'm so I'm curious because I think say more about your church context so you, we we said earlier at the top that you serve in a local church. My understanding is that that church doesn't fully embrace the full participation of women is that true
2: yeah uh it's we we got involved in this church about twelve years ago and um and it's been an interesting journey for my wife and i um there are many values that the church carried that we really, uh, affirmed, uh, a, a, a div- uh, intentional way to be a diverse church a multi-ethnic church to reach our community, to care for the poor among us. Um, the church is in a, a part of town where, uh, just it's sort of a lower middle class, um, ways, the, uh, the pastoral leadership, uh, uh was black at the time and to be able to submit uh and be under black leadership in a diverse context which i you just don't see often right. um so i think there were some of these values that were really important to us at the time i'm in a um especially being in a cross cultural uh, marriage and having biracial kids to be around a context that that can affirm that and reflect that that felt really important but also recognizing there there's some things that we're just not going to agree with and and have a difference of opinion with um about for a variety of reasons after about two years ago i became a part-time pastor at the church and uh and even during my denominational licensing i mentioned that this is the value i hold that may not be shared by the denomination and um and we we still move forward with that. Um, and uh, as I've been the pastor of the church and reflecting on that uh, space, is I've sort of recognized that a lot of things I take for granted, in a lot of my values, it's because I've done some of the work along the way and been able to come to certain places of conviction because of the biblical work I've done or the mentoring I've had that other people may not have had, and um, and so they just they 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 just won't. You know hold those convictions because of that um and i and i and i've sort of carried that with me into my church context around i mean a lot around a host of issues um but I, it's just helped me have more more empathy uh-huh. and seeing my ministry as a way to like what can i do to help people go deeper in scripture and grow in their discipleship to in in, in a variety of convictions that i believe that are from, from Jesus. Um, and I'm not, you know, my starting point at my church is not that everybody holds fully that women can participate in the full life of the church, which is, I think what your question's about. So I recognize that that's not the starting point. Um, and that's a place that I'm trying to, uh, influence, and specifically to help people do the deeper biblical work, yep. um, just valuing scripture and being able to hear God's voice and being able to be people who are challenged by scripture period. Um, and then, and then moving, uh, you know, uh, the church as, with God's grace and God's leading in, in a variety of different areas. So, um, so for me, like one example of that is, um when I came on staff, uh, one of the women on staff is a director of discipleship We actually promoted her to director of discipleship. The moment I, I took on the lead pastor job, she was uh, in an unknown. I, th- I think nobody really, I think it was just sort of like, mm. she just did ministry. We just didn't really know what she did. It's, and, uh, and it was important for us to delineate and say, um, you're going to be in charge of all of the discipleship ministry. So anything that has to do with discipleship, Amy, I want you to oversee so women's ministry, children's youth, and men's ministry, among a few other things. So it was a question like, what does that mean for a woman to be in, to be overseeing the men's ministry? And so we talked about what what that means and how she can um, come alongside leaders and help resource them to grow the ministries and be more discipleship uh, focused. Last year, she finally got licensed and as technically now a pastor, just like me, we hold the same credential with the denomination. And it was a question for the elders is, is she now a pastor? Cause we've never had a woman pastor before. And it was, uh, and in that conversation, you know, it was, it was. I I brought to the surface that, you know, scripture is less about titles and more about giftings. Mm. And the gifting seems to be given from what I read from scripture um, without regard to gender. So you've got prophets who are both men and women um, affirmed in the New Testament. You've got evangelists that are affirmed that way. You've got deacons affirmed that way. So you've got, um, you even, you know, you have pastors that would be affirmed in both ways. So I think calling a pastor um, uh, to affirm the gift um, would be the right way to go. Now, I know we're about titles as well, you know, because uh, that's a little bit of how we've taken the gifts and turned them into titles. Uh, but it was a really healthy conversation to have as an elders board to think about how do we think about that and not just be focused on these um, preconceived notions on what a pastor is or isn't. Mm-hmm. So she's now she's now officially the pastor of discipleship at our church.
0: That's, yeah, that's great. Wow. So it feels like, Eddie, there's like nudges. Is that, is that the right way to characterize it? Like you're sort of nudging? church as you go along is that fair to say i think i think that's fair i i nudges
2: and just recognizing that every tribe that we're a part of is going to have these misses um along the way and so i think initially i thought of the local church as like what are all of my non-negotiables and Mm -hmm. i got to find the church that carries all that and i i think it just got tiring and i don't think we could do that um very well. And, and instead, it's like, well, who, what's the tribe of people that I'm going to do life with in this season? And uh, if I have enough trust, then we can have these frank conversations and uh, differing views on scripture. But at least let's look at the scriptures and how the scriptures guide us in, in various directions. And I've told them multiple times, I've landed in, uh, in a different place than, than many of you have on a different, different sense of issues. Mm-hmm. And uh, that doesn't make me a uh, heretic or not, I think it's, it, let's have the conversation rather than accuse one another of heresy or.
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, the story that you're describing of both you um, like being really upfront about how you hold this value and also finding ways to express this value in your context seems really unique, (laughs) like just the ways that you've been able to kind of work through differences and stay in ministry and stay in relationship. What do you think have been helpful factors that have led to this place of being able to kind of hold the nuance around um, these things?
2: Yeah, um, that's a good question. I So I think one is a lot of the training I've gotten in InterVarsity uh, as my primary ministry. That's where I'm full-time. Mm-hmm. um, has helped shape that for me. Uh, one is just, that there's a lot of learning that takes place, uh, around, uh, this particular value of men and women in partnership together. Um, but also it's modeled, right? Like you go, you, we go to conferences and trainings and we're seeing it take place, whether mm-hmm. men and women are leading a task force together or guiding us, or there's teaching. So I think a lot of it, um, that, that helps makes just sharpen me, um, in every one of my contexts.
1: Yeah. It's um, like not theoretical. You've seen right. it lived out and you see the fruit of it and you can kind of champion for it because you see the fruit of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's
2: good. Yeah. I think that, yeah, that's, that's one. I think second in my church content, and it's a small church, um, is, uh, and particularly the pastor that I'm talking about is being able to um, work with her and partner with her. It's like a place where I'm, I I've said to her influence me, right? Like help me be a better leader. Um, and I'm going to try to challenge you as well, to step up into the spiritual authority that God's given Mm -hmm. you. And that's, I mean, that's part of it, right? It's, it's the mental models that we have. Um, so I would joke to her regularly. It's like, I think it's time for you to preach. No, 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 I don't do that. I don't do that. Right. (laughs) Um, and, uh, but, but to be able to like, uh, uh, then step into that tension with her and say, okay, well, what? why is that? And let's talk a little bit about what concerns come up and let me disciple that process there as well. Like let's actually learn together and help you grow in your spiritual authority um, and to do that. So I think we find these different ways where we can um, try to grow and have these conversations um, within the church and um, and I think, like I said earlier, I think the importance what I want for my church is not just to be told the conclusion, like this is what it is, because um, I, I don't think that the buy-in would and the ownership would happen. Is is I really want them to grow, um, because at some point I'm going to leave, and I hope that the trajectory that they're on, and people are on in general, is is going to be that much closer to what the kingdom of God is about than than yesterday, right? So. Uh, so I'm hoping to give them the right tools on how to study scripture, how to let scripture shape our worldview, and not um, not just come to conclusions because that's that's what Eddie thinks or that's yeah. what the Bible says or whatever the case might be.
0: Eddie, can I come alongside that and ask like, what does that look like in practice? Because I think a lot of listeners probably are in in venues where people have an opinion about women in leadership, but they haven't done the work. You know, the, the scriptural work you're talking about. So. Do you have a sense of like what that looks like in practice to like get people in a room and you know set ground like what does that look like in your in your context or what have you learned about that?
2: Specific in the church context, yeah. Is that the question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good question. Um, I'm a rookie, I, so I'll start with that. I don't think I've got I've done as much work as I'd like to do. Um, around that, and granted, I came on staff uh right as the pandemic hit oh yeah, so sure there have yeah. been other a lot of things we've been trying right. yeah. along the yeah. way and trying to figure out um but so practically, I think one has been around um i I would say the ground rule is is i've been challenging the the elders is when we have conversations around theology is can we trust can can we give trust to each other in the conversation and not uh, be accusatory Mm -hmm. and make and make labels i think that sometimes is what happens is you hold a certain view and you don't hear how you got there right because there's a so that's been one ground i've worked really hard to establish at least with the elders to say like if we don't agree or something and is it it came up with race right i was saying something and i think i i think i thought Wow, you all think I must be a socialist communist because of I just said this comment, and that's not fair to me or my process, and it's not fair to you for me to think poorly of you because of what you say. Um, so I think that's one. It's just created this 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 posture of can we be humble and and learners um, around around things. Second, I've um, it's been important for me to bring. So I think that brings tension for me to say I've come to this conclusion for these reasons. Um, and to have the trust in the room to say, is it okay that I can say that? Mm-hmm. Like, can we engage that versus me trying to play a particular part or walk mm-hmm. a fine line because I want to appease, um, w- you know, where the, the church at whole might be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then th- third, I'd say like a lot of my work really is with, with our, like our small group coordinator is a woman who's provides all the lessons and the leadership for the small groups. and I. Tr- and I've said to her you got to lead these meetings and and be the person in charge. Um so I've been trying to come alongside others to step up into like into uh these two women in particular as leaders and resource them as they want and give them the platform mm-hmm. um in a variety of ways and just a norm- part of just want to normalize that they can stand in front of a group of leaders and teach and train them and not being a tense place, right? Let, let's, can we normalize that along the way? Yeah. Um, now, now I think that it brings up the, the big question that some people might have issue with me about is like, well, will 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 one of them preach, right? Like that's the big question. And I hope so. I, my church is not there yet. And like I said, I think we need to like, there's a lot of steps that I want the church to continue to grow in. Um, and, uh, uh, but I I appreciate that I can find these other ways to say like well now I can platform a platform in this way and continue to grow our theology around women and men partnering together.
0: Yeah, I appreciate that, Eddie. It feels like maybe back to the nudge idea that you're you're moving mm-hmm. folks at their pace and you're being honest and bringing people yeah. along and mm-hmm. pastoral and you know who knows where this will go. Hopefully do yeah. we'll go where we want it to go, but but I appreciate that you're on you're on a journey with folks.
2: We're on journey, yeah. So another example is we were supposed to have a retreat that we had to cancel because of COVID just about three weeks ago. Um, and it was a one-day retreat. We had four teaching training slots, and the pastor of discipleship, Amy, was gonna take on one of those slots, a mm-hmm. uh, 90-minute teaching slot. Um, so I'm preparing her. We're preparing for what that is and how to engage that. Unfortunately, COVID uh, postponed it. But that's, but that's like the what I'm excited about is right, right. It's like we're we're building a platform and and trying to normalize for people to say that she's gifted in particular ways. Let's utilize or let, let not utilize. Let God bless us in those gifts because yeah. they're a gift to us, not just to her. Um, and. Um, but yeah, but there's still certain mental models that yep. will create more, more tension than necessary at this point. Yep.
1: Yeah.
0: yep. Good ahead,
1: Well, I was just going to say, I love how you're sponsoring her and you really are championing for her to have an opportunity to even use her gifts, which is as a woman in leadership, like you have these gifts, they're not meant for you. They're meant for the church. They're meant for others. And, and it's just hard to have that limitation to be able to utilize that gift but then the ways that um, seeing like that retreat training is an opportunity that feels different than the pulpit on a Sunday, but right. it it enables people to experience the gifted the gifting versus being stuck on that title or the the you know uh, actual pulpit or whatever um, is yeah. the barrier. So I love that.
2: Like I would say, one of my theological formations around women in leadership or the partnership it was really crystallized in, in seminary and uh sitting in a new testament 2 class um and i don't know like i know most of my most of the congregation will never sit through that so i now i'm responsible now to bring what i've learned and crystallize mm-hmm. into the next into the congregation um but i recognize like I I probably held the value before I knew why I held the value, um, and how do I now take those things and recognize that people's starting points are all over the place, and how do I help build that value in them?
0: It's great. I lo- I love your process mentality, Eddie. I mean, that's a, a that's what the framing I might use for it. It's beautiful. Right, right. So so this is the question where we get to ask or invite guests to dream. So. Uh-huh. So as you think about your church and the church, um, kind of what are your hopes and dreams around women and men working together? And then maybe specifically, Eddie, if you have a word or two for listeners who are in a similar spot, right, who yeah. have an egalitarian conviction, but are in a context that won't let them fully express that, what would you say to those folks?
2: Yeah. Um, so start with my hopes for the future of my church. Uh, I, I mean, this is as broadly as I can make it. It's just, I want lifelong disciples. I want people to not be stuck into what they learned at a by a particular pastor at a particular stage of life and see their, their growth over a course of a lifetime that God every day has an opportunity for us to repent and turn to Jesus Mm -hmm. and take that step closer to, to, to him. Um, and and with that is uh, I really hope my church uh, would will would grow as a disciple and it's really out of that place of discipleship that the affirmation of men and women working together uh, comes out not as a policy statement or a white paper we write or um, or saying or or uh, forgive me but even as a justice issue or like really it's a it's a like it's a personal conviction disciples to say this is the only way to follow Jesus is to be a church where we affirm um, men and women working together. And then we address the dynamics that come up with that and the, the, the conflicts and challenges that might come with that. Um, and, uh, but, you know, practically I, I would love to see, you know, women preaching and more men to be under the preaching of women. Um, I think there's a lot we can learn, um, uh, uh in, in doing that for, for us, but, but it's not just about us learning. It's about also empowering, Uh, women to live out their gifts it's a it's an it's an affirmation and a development of the next generation of leaders and women to say um, the kingdom of God needs for everybody to be engaged for us to fully uh, to reach to reach people and help disciple them Uh, so that would be my hope I would I would love more I mean on a practical level yes I would love more men to be under the teaching women or more men to actually um, like do to teach Proverbs thirty one not just on Mother's Day, <laughs> yes, right? Yeah. Like yes. to 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 teach it to men as as a principle of 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 discipleship and growth that could happen. Um, yeah, In terms of folks, I think in my maybe in a similar place. Uh, really, I've found. I mean, the, I've been grateful the ways that G's been patient with me and gracious to me, um, in a lot of my processes around a lot of topics. Um, and if I had to take a midterm today on how I'm doing, you know, like I, I want God in his grace to show me like, here's the places that you need to grow in terms of your trust of me in terms of um, even my own spiritual authority, the ways I might shrink back. And, um, and a lot of it's a journey. It takes, it takes more than one round, more than one conversation, more than one book, more than one sermon. Um, so, so it really is process. I don't take for granted that I am where I am today in, in a host of convictions, how I spend my money, how I, um, how we do our family. A lot of it's been shaped over many years with many mentors and, and I'm grateful for that. So I I would say like, it, it has to be a process. It has to be a process of discipleship and growth, um, and not just being told what the right answer is or what, what we should do. Um, now I recognize there's a lot of trauma involved with that. And that's, I think where I feel the, 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 where I'm trying to be careful about that, because Mm -hmm. I think that's been, that could be used. And in some cases, the process could go on and on and on with, with no end in sight. And I know a lot of people get hurt, by that's either further trauma and hurt. So I recognize that is part of the, um, the risk along the way as well. Um, so I, you know, I can't speak to what people should do in that situation, but more that I, I just think we, we value processes and growth in many other areas. I would say this is the, an area, um, that, that, and, and I wonder, you know, Rob and Layla, if even of those, even of those contexts where the dynamics of men and women working together is pretty exemplary that it's just like there's still room to grow and and Mm -hmm. to be process oriented and along the way so that's right yeah it's a good word yeah
1: Yeah, i love that i think um as you share your story of your own church rather than being kind of off-putted by you know where they stand or you know um uh yeah like kind of um categorizing them as, oh, they believe in this and I don't. And so there's a break there looking for character, looking for where is their humility? Where's their openness? Where's their openness to conversation and to looking together at scripture? And so like being able to um, even for someone maybe in that situation to say, what are you seeing outside of what's being said? What are you seeing modeled in terms of character and humility and openness as a whole um, and that might give a little bit of a picture of like, is there room to be nudged, you know, or is there room for nudges? Right. Um, yeah, I love that. Um, yeah, well, this has been such a great conversation. I just really appreciate you sharing about your own process and then the ways that you are walking alongside uh, your church community in this area and um, and and really actually loving your um, humble approach yourself to your own learning as well as the learning of others. So thank you for sharing that with us. Hey, if folks want to connect with you on social media, where is the best place they can find you?
2: Yeah, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, Eddie, I don't keep up with it that much. Uh, (laughs) but, uh, but I could grow in that as well. Eddie spelled with a Y
0: E D D Y E K M E K J I.
1: Yes. We will link that in the show notes as well.
0: Yep up and then you got to announce when the uh, men's retreat is eddie so people can all come yeah i know that'd be fun i um, think that'd be yeah. so much fun yep. thanks so much eddie you're a gem yeah.
2: Yeah. thanks guys
0: <laughs> appreciate it. okay well live that was great with eddie so so what did you hear what's sticking with you from that interview
1: yeah i think that was such a great conversation and i what one thing i really appreciate about eddie sharing uh his story about where he and his community is at is so often we get kind of the, we get where someone's landed and why they've landed there, or we get the finished product of all their work and getting there. And what I love about where Eddie's at and, um, where his community is at is we're, we're getting this snapshot of someone's, uh, community in process and it's not, it's still in process. There's still things are working out, but, um, underneath all of that, I see it in Eddie and his own leadership, as well as I think in their community is just this, um, humble, open Mm -hmm. posture and just seeking to really learn, really engage and, and understand and believe, and just how, how, um, impactful that is in helping nudge a community forward in this area of really, um, yeah, seeking to understand and learning together rather than kind of being divided um, as a starting point. And so I just love that we got this snapshot of the process. Um, What about you? What stuck out to you?
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you on that. And his emphasis on disciple making was like, I mean... The other thing that stood out to me was he loves his church. I mean, Eddie loves yeah. his church, and I, I, someone, I need to hear that. You know, I need to come into contact with people that yeah. have that kind of affection for their congregation and their community. That was mm-hmm. brilliant. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing that I'm sort of just percolating on is he has this vision Eddie does for for gifting, and it's not about title as much. It's about gifting, and I think he yes. takes his cues from the New Testament on that. But he's asking the question. You know, who has gifts? Where are the gifts? And then how do we nurture the gifts and how do we put those gifts to work to expand yeah. our mission? And that is a great posture. I mean, I think about, you know, there's people sitting in pews that have gifts that are untapped. Yes. And, and if I was in Eddie's congregation, I think that wouldn't that would be that wouldn't be my experience. My experience would yeah. be to be asked, where where are you gifted and how do you use those? So yeah. um that was that was fantastic as well. So thanks again to Eddie for sharing his experience with us. And with that, we'll say thank you to listeners for joining us today. And if you enjoy this podcast, we'd love to hear from you. You can follow Christians for Biblical Equality on Facebook and Twitter for up-to-date info and content. You can leave us a rating or review on whatever podcast platform you use. And if you love this episode, we will invite you to share it with a friend. I'm Rob Dixon with my co-host, Lila Van Gerpen. We'd like to thank again our guest Eddie and our talented editor, Landon Hook, as well as the Christians for Biblical Equality team. Be sure to listen to other episodes with our team of co-hosts coming to your devices every week. We are the Mutuality Matters podcast, and thanks for listening. Looking for more information about CBE and our mission for biblical equality? Then please visit cbeinternational.org for more information. And please be sure to tune in each week for new episodes here or wherever else you listen to podcasts.